I yeah. have real fear that those shows next year aren't going to be the same. I have real fear that somebody who for 50 years I have had his music and certainly until recently, I thought him because he was always in sync with the message that was in his music. I have real fear that something I thought I could always go back to and rely on won't feel the same again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today is one of my best online friends. One day we will meet in person, and I don't I, I think we might break the record on hugs because it will be so good to meet in person. Uh, the host of Music Talks. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, and my good friend Terry Smith. How are you doing, Terry? I'm great, Jesse, and it's uh, it's lovely to be talking to you again, even even on a challenging subject, as you yes. said. On Twitter. It will be fun, and it will be respectful. Absolutely. I do want to just tell you, I have really loved your latest guest. I Thank think you. you continue to be a diverse uh, set you know, different experiences, different ages. Uh, one of the things I'm really happy with, and I think you and I've talked about this, is it's very easy for me to get a lot of white guys on set listing Bruce. <laughs> and in 2023 or 2022, I specifically tried to diversify and get uh, people of color, uh, people of, you know, a lot of females. And you have done a great job of kind of keeping your, a uh, guest diversified. Yeah, trying to, Jesse. And uh, as we'll probably talk about at the end, uh, also grateful for you continuing to uh, say, hey, I've just had this great guest and I think they'd be fantastic on Music Talk. So, um, yeah. yeah, well, uh, but yeah, one of the, one of my interesting, I don't know if you find this, one of my interesting observations, if I look at my data, is my female guests get more downloads than my male guests. Oh, how interesting. That is great news. My um, my theory is that women have real friends, <laughs> whereas whereas guys go, you must listen to this podcast and and, and we go, yeah yeah yeah, and never yeah. do it. So, uh, but yeah, it is genuinely interesting that uh, yeah, women guests nice. are always always good numbers. <laughs> yeah, Terry is taking time out of his Sunday afternoon. I'm getting up a little bit early on a Sunday morning to talk about um, this ticket situation and the latest feeling of around Bruce Springsteen fandom and he and I are normally in sync all the time and Terry sent a uh, you know we a tweet going I I'm surprised you and I aren't on the same page and so we thought about first off Terry and I any excuse to talk to each other we take the slimsiest premise okay hey let's do an episode everyone we're not going to rehash uh the experiences we're just going to talk about our each feelings and so you are my guest so i'm going to let you go first 
That's great, Jesse. Thank you. And um, yeah, what I thought I would do, I mean, I know you have a lot of regular listeners, but um, some people may not have heard us talking before. So I thought I'd just kick off with a little bit about me in terms of how long I think I've been in this conversation with Bruce. And then, you know, I've, uh, I tried to buy tickets in Europe, the UK and the US. For those paying attention, I am drawing a distinction between UK and Europe, not because I was a fan of Brexit, but actually the process was very different in the UK. The dates came out later and the process was different. So right. I just thought it might be useful, uh, particularly for uh, US listeners, and I know a lot of them have, have tried to get tickets in Europe, but just to maybe understand you know, the differences. And I guess what I will say is I recognize this is a very personal you know, I, I want to talk. The issue for me, I know your tweet said, you know, why are people worried about Bruce making money? It's not about money. It's not even that much about ticket prices. For me, it's two things. It's the experience I've had in the last couple of months, which has not been positive. Mm-hmm. And also how I think, and I would use that phrase again, because Bruce uses it a lot, how the conversation that he's been having with his audience and with me for 50 years has changed. So Got it. that's how I'm going to approach it. But let me kick off. So I'm 65. Um, my first album I bought was Wild and the Innocent. So I've been doing this for a while. And whilst I had to wait until 1981 to see Bruce, because obviously he did Hammersmith, he did London in, in 75, and then that was it for six years. Um, I've been lucky enough to see him 48 times over 41 years and actually in 10 different countries. So I think I have a pretty good experience of, you know, different ways of approaching this. Um, the other thing to say, and again, I recognize this, this then makes it personal is, uh, I and my wife, we are GA, we are specific, we are pit people. Right. So, um, you know, we want to stand a gig. The last time I can remember seeing Bruce, other than solo stuff we have to sit, uh, where I had a seat was one of the nights on the Rising Tour when I took a friend who needed to sit down. Um, but, you know, standing and particularly standing in the pit is a massive part of the live experience for me. Now, I said I'm 65. The good news is I think I'm healthy enough to still do a three-hour show, but next year we'll tell. Yes. Uh, but that's basically uh, what we were looking for. And um, I think also before I talk through the experience I had this time around is just to say what was the experience for me prior to that, given that background. And, you know, it was actually an incredibly straightforward process because you went online, you bought a GA ticket, and you bought it for last tour about $120 when we were living in Seattle. And, you know, if you're in the US, then you turn up between two and five and you go in the lottery. If you go to Europe, it was, and actually also Australia, I was lucky enough to get to, uh, it was a different experience because then there is someone who starts a pick queue, depending which European country in sometimes two, if it's Italy, three days before the gig. Yeah. Um, And you turn up we would normally turn up sort of 10, 11 in the morning. You get a number, you hang around, there's a roll call every two hours and round about 4.30, 5 o'clock, you'll be let into the stadium. And depending on whether it's a stadium or a, an arena gig, you know, in an arena, about four fifty, five hundred people get in. And if you've got one of those numbers, then great. If not, I remember it happening to San Siro, we missed out by about 20 people. Oh, um, 
Well, here's the irony is that actually that was still one of the great gigs because, of course, the, the good thing is then you'll let in your first into the main GA. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that that was upsetting at the time. Um, so a very different process in Europe and in Australasia. And I have to tell you the story because I know Americans have a view about the European system and some of it is right, which is here was the silliest and saddest thing I saw was that when I was in Australia, I was stood near a guy who halfway through night one in Sydney left the gig to start the pick queue for night two. Oh my goodness. Okay. Now that is stupid. Yeah. Okay. I, thank you, Terry. I'm going to say that, that, that is, is missing the point. That uh, is, but, is totally missing the point. Um, and I would also say we are sad enough to have sort of kept a record. So we, we were, we were about 65, 70% in terms of getting into the pit. Okay. Uh, so that was the process. So buying tickets, it was just get GA, it's list price, then you're going to keep. Okay. Right. So the first thing for me that, and we'll probably come back to it later, that I think was a massive mistake, although it wasn't a surprise to me, was the decision to sell pit tickets, I just think is wrong. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, I actually think the Springsteen pit is a marketing man's dream. So... I've got friends who tell people how good the pit is. They've never been in it. Right. But tell me again what, what you mean by this is a mistake to sell the pit ticket. Well, uh, up until this tour, you couldn't buy. Well, actually, there was a way, and I'll come back okay. to that. But okay. you couldn't okay. buy a pit ticket. You just oh, okay. bought GA, and you either in ah, Europe queued or in the States, you went into a lottery. Got it. Now I understand. Thank but you. But there was okay. no pit ticket. Okay. Got it. Just in case people are going, so how did you buy a pit ticket? For the last couple of tours, Steve Van Zandt and the Rock and Roll Foundation, they've done meet and greets right. where you did the meet and greet and then you got a guaranteed pit ticket. Two things. One, you paid list price for the ticket. The additional money you paid went to Steve's charity. <laughs> right. The, uh, the music the rock and, and the, schools. Yeah. 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 Um, the other thing is that those meet and greets were $500. Mm, yes which in the context of what we've gone through in the last couple of months puts, I think, things into perspective. But basically, so, you know, you look at an arena tour, which is what you're talking about in the States, you're going to let 450 people into the pit. Yeah. And you're going to charge, and I'm using European pricing, you're going to charge 50 or 60 bucks more. Now, now clearly that's not what happened with dynamic pricing, but you're going to charge marginally more and you're going to lose all of that culture that has gone around the lottery and the queue. Right. And, you know, I have said this to a number of dear friends in Seattle. Um, but, you know, I look at the Seattle tickets and basically you would have to, you, you're paying $1,250 for a pit ticket. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things I loved about, you know, and I spent 22 years at Microsoft. I have lots of dear friends. I have a horrible feeling that the pit in Seattle this time will be full of Microsoft, Amazon, and Google folks because they can afford the twelve fifty dollars. And I—that's not the pit. (laughs) The the pit is a whole cross section of a Bruce audience. So that was the first thing that upset me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, then if I talk through the process, and it is fascinating how Europe, UK, and US, the issues were different. So I'll try and keep this short. But no, 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 Europe, the, the Europe, the issue was just administration and process was poor. I don't know if you realize, but Ticketmaster had to stop three sales in Copenhagen, Amsterdam, and Landgraf. Like literally just suspend the sales because they couldn't cope and systems were crashing and people's prices were all over the place. And so they had to stop three. Um, then you'd be in a sale and the, a new data would be announced while the sale was going on. So the whole that whole thing was a mess. Um, I then have to tell you about what I call the French fiasco. And for anyone listening who with a French background, I know I'm British and therefore I'll go into caricature. Right. But I refer to this as the French fiasco because Bruce's management, for some reason, decided it was a good thing to let the French promoter, who only promotes events in France, do his own online web sale. Mm. So you had to register for his site. That's fine. I registered. I double, triple checked. I then uh, signed on. I got put into a queue. And the good news is that I was 1147 in the queue. Mm. The bad news is that they were selling about 10 to 12 tickets a minute. Wow. <laughs> now, to put it into perspective, <laughs> Dublin, I was 5,000 in the queue and I got my ticket in five minutes. But mm -hmm. so after almost three hours, I finally got the tickets through. I bought the tickets or, or secured the tickets I wanted. I then got to check out to be told your account isn't valid. Mm. And I was not alone in that. So a lot of people. Oh, said, my goodness. Let's forget about France. Um, and the other implication of the fact that there were pit tickets being sold was the whole thing was really quite confusing. So I'll give you an example. In Dublin, it still looks like, actually, it's just, it, it looks like Dublin is going to do the old system of GA and then you queue. In Ferrara in Italy, there was a pit A, a pit B, a pit C, a pit D. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know what you were buying. And then whilst Europe didn't have dynamic pricing, it did have platinum tickets. Mm. And I have to say, I fell foul of that. And I use that in that um, I did look and think, I've always wanted to go to Gothenburg and Ulvi. You know, this is the stadium that in the Born in the USA tour almost collapsed because mm. it was bouncing so much. Yeah. Bruce actually caused $3 million of damage to the stadium. Wow. Um, so I went on to try and get tickets. And then suddenly, bing, would you like a platinum ticket? Um, now, at the time, I thought this was extortionate pricing. Given what's happened in the US, it actually now looks very reasonable. Um, but it was $340 for a pit ticket, mm -hmm. as opposed to the $100 it should have been. Um, interestingly, and we'll come back to this later, I've subsequently sold those tickets because I'm not going. Um, and various reasons for that, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So Europe was all about, it was just a painful experience. Okay. That said, I got tickets for Dublin. I got tickets for Rome, uh, not Pitt, but I got, uh, I also got tickets for, for Ferrara, which I've also now sold. Okay. So there was then the UK. Okay. Uh, dates came out later. Um, for various reasons, which is fine. The issue in the UK was there was pre, 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 pre-sales. Yeah. 
So if I give you, an, you know, I said I'd seen him in 10 countries. I now live in Scotland. I have a strong Scottish heritage. I'd actually never seen Bruce in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. So Edinburgh is like, okay, we're getting pit tickets for Edinburgh, whatever, whatever it takes. Now, I told you about the queuing in Europe and people would say to me, so you turn up at 10 or 11 in the morning and you queue all day and you do these roll calls. Isn't that, isn't that just stupid? Well, I'll tell you what stupid is getting up on a Monday morning with four PCs and my wife and sitting on a pre-sale doing the same on Tuesday, different, different pre-sales, different organizations doing it on a Wednesday, (laughs) different pre-sale, not getting tickets. And then on the Thursday, we finally got a pit ticket because we paid $550 each for a platinum ticket at our hometown gig. Mm. Um, Didn't feel great. Um, And then we're also going to go to Villa Park. And we went on there and I said I hadn't sat at a Bruce gig for 20 odd years, but at Villa Park, we took seats because they were decent seats and they were all, you know, there was nothing on the pitch available. So, but the thing is, you literally had, you had the Badlands pre-sale, you had the Ticketmaster pre-sale, you had the AXS pre-sale, you had the Virgin pre-sale, you had the O2 pre-sale, and then there's about four or five others. And it's like, why can't we just sell tickets? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, of course, I uh, then started trying to buy tickets in the the States. And I'd registered for Seattle, but then decided I wasn't going to do that. And the trip, we did want to make. We have dear, dear friends in New York. Um, we've always wanted to do Madison Square Gardens. We actually had tickets for Mad- Madison Square Gardens in 2000, was it 17, when um, 28 inches of snow arrived. Right, the snowstorm. Yeah. Snowstorm. Uh, yeah. So we'd flown from Seattle for the gig and then it was cancelled and we couldn't fly back from Seattle for the rearranged gig. So we wanted to do Madison Square Gardens. So I got verified fan for Seattle and for New York, then decided we weren't going to do Seattle, but offered it to friends for two reasons. One, you know, if I can help people get tickets, I will. Two was I want to practice what this system is in the States. Um, And I had friends who said, you know, their budget was $500 plus fees. I went onto the Seattle pre-sale and honestly, Jesse, I don't know what your experience was like, and I am not exaggerating here at all because the last thing I want to do is is exaggerate what I think is a challenging situation. I must have tried 12 times to buy tickets, and each time what would happen is I'd get the ticket, I'd go into the process, and then it would say, sorry, somebody else has got these tickets. Mm. Um, and literally after a dozen times, I gave up. Um, I then went back on about six hours later. I just thought, just try. And I went back on. And there were two tickets for $540. I had a hard copy printout of the seating map because it's changed it since I was in Seattle. Um, And I literally saw the tickets for $540, double-checked on the physical seat map, went back, and they were $750. Gosh. Um, And I did check today. If you want to buy a ticket in... Uh, Seattle. And these are not resale tickets. This is Ticketmaster Platinum. You can do it for $2,100 plus fees. Mm. And if you want to buy Madison Square Gardens, you can do it for $2,500 plus fees. Again, not resale tickets. Ticketmaster 
platinum tickets. Yeah. Um, and I think what is interesting, I've got about a dozen friends who wanted to go to see Bruce in Seattle and actually only one guy, Paul Simpson, he, he bought uh, four tickets in the nosebleeds for $360 plus fees. Everybody else just said not doing it. Yeah. So that was my experience. And I guess, and I, I will shut up shortly, in amongst everything else and we'll dig into it. Here's my first issue, which is given what everybody's gone through in the last few years and before we pressed record, you were talking about, you know, some of the challenges you're facing. Yeah. Boy, do we need stuff to look forward to. And, you know, there's lots of there's lots of data that shows that actually people get more enjoyment out of the anticipation of going on holiday than actually going on holiday. (laughs) You know, this is a tour we've got six to 12 months to look forward to. All of that excitement and anticipation is gone for me, you know, and here we are. And I'm not complaining in the sense of here we are, you and I talking about ticketing and the experience and how awful it is not going so what do you think he's going to start with and what about it you know and that's i'll start with that as my biggest issue and this is this is not this is not about money or bruce making you know you look at broadway the tickets were expensive yeah but the first thing is at least there was a list price um, I'll shut up, Jesse, because I'm ranting now. And- no, no, you're not ranting at all. And I, <laughs> I, I think what where I think people misunderstand me is I agree with everything you say. I agree all of it sucks, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand being mad at Bruce. I understand being frustrated. I understand being unhappy with the system, but. I am serious. I've seen people. I am no longer going to, I am not going to renew my vanity plate that I have, Bruce, because of this situation. A guy tweeted me today. I still have Sirius XM, but I don't listen to East Street Radio anymore. I will never go see another Bruce show. He is dead to me. The anger toward Bruce is what confuses me. All right. Well, let me let me. And again, I'm talking about me. I'm not trying to. Yeah, sure. No, I absolutely. Um, So uh, do do I have that anger? Probably not. I'll tell you what I do have. I have real fear Mm -hmm. that those shows next year aren't going to be the same. I have real fear that somebody who for 50 years I have had his music and mm-hmm. certainly until recently, I thought him because he was always in sync with the message that was in his music. Right. Okay. I have real fear that something I thought I could always go back to and rely on won't feel the same again. You know, literally the only, and this is not, I'm banning Bruce. This is, yeah. I'm worried about putting stuff on and going, uh, that doesn't sound good. Um, you know, I am going to struggle to listen to We Take Care of Our Own because he hasn't any, and he has to bear some responsibility for that, in my view, because this is a man who I think with great credibility has said, I'm in a lifelong conversation with my audience. Right. There is no conversation going on, Jesse. 
So if I had a friend who I'd been in a lifelong conversation with who then did things I didn't understand and then stopped talking to me, I'd be confused and worried. (laughs) So what do you think Bruce and his camp should have done? Well, I, it's a great question, but I, th- I think there's two parts to that question. One, what should they have done? Yeah. Two, what can they do? Right. Okay. So uh, I think the first mistake they made, dynamic pricing is evil. And I say that in a very considered way. And let me tell you why. You know, remember, I worked in the IT industry for 40 years. I know a bit about user interfaces. I also know how Ticketmaster have sold tickets since the day they started. What you see now is not the way they've sold tickets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a fundamental thing is click on that seat. You now have eight minutes to, to buy it or whatever the time is. Yeah. Gone. All right. Flashing screens, a bit like a, we call them one on bandits over here, what you slot machines, you know, in a casino. Yeah. All right. Right, that is not good. You then get, if you get past this, somebody else has got this tickets going into a basket that then increase in price by the time you get to checkout. That is manipulative, that is exploitative. How many people have now sat with tickets that go, I didn't mean to spend $450? Yeah, I, I didn't mean to spend £280 in Gothenburg, that's why I've sold them. So, you know, the decision to do dynamic pricing on an arena tour when you haven't toured for six weeks, uh, six weeks, six years, yeah, the algorithm is going to go mad. Yeah. Anyone with a semblance of knowledge would get that. You know, mm-hmm. they could have turned around and said, cap it. No ticket goes beyond this. Yeah. You know, they could have turned around and said, do you know what? We are going to sell pit tickets, but 20% of them we're going to sell at really high prices and the money's all going to go to whoever the fundraiser is that night that you always get at a Bruce show. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I actually think in the US, if they'd have simply gone front, middle, back, there's three prices, this is it, you wouldn't have this funeral. You know, the the other thing that I would change, and once again, you and I have talked about uh, no one ever asks us. Um, One of the things that makes me frustrated and angry at Ticketmaster is when I pull up my Uber app to get a ride, it tells me surge pricing is in effect you are paying X times the base price, three times, five times, whatever it is. And it tells me that, right? I have an option to, well, this normally would cost eight bucks for this trip. It's going to cost 38. Do I want to go now or not? I could not tell you. I, I've got tickets for three shows. I am going to Tulsa, I am going to um, Dallas, and I'm going to Houston. Houston's a whole different story that I will be glad to share with you in a minute. But both of those, I went in. I don't care where I sit. I found three seats that were roughly about 180 bucks each in the upper tier, 
that's less than I want to pay, hit go. Now, I don't know what the I don't know what the face value of that ticket was. Was it 105? I, I don't know. I know that I got three tickets for Tulsa that were roughly about 180, 190. And then the reason I asked that one of them was 170, one of them was 180. And I can never remember which one's which, right? And so I got them for Dallas. Um, I knew I knew I wanted to be in the building. I knew what I wanted to pay. And so I ended up getting out okay. But I totally agree with you. I don't know if how much over face value I paid. Correct. And, uh, you know, and I think that is not that's wrong. I I totally agree. That's wrong. Well, but particularly is, you know, we're living in hard times. And how are people supposed to budget when you're saying, I'm not going to tell you what the list price is. I mean, you yeah. know, my, my, my friend in New York, Larry, who always has, he sent me a mail saying, hey, is this a ticket sale or is it an auction? Yeah. And the yeah. answer is it's an auction. It is. And an by auction. the way, the, you know, I, and I think your Uber example is great, but I think there's also a couple of differences there. And I maybe my understanding is on Uber and correct me if I'm wrong. When you click on surge pricing, that price, that's what you get. Yes. Right? The second thing, as you say, is you can decide, I'm going to have another drink and wait 30 right. minutes. It's a bit different, you know, and, and the whole analogy that says it's airline pricing, you know, we've been used to the principle of supply and demand forever. Yeah. Okay. We get that. Um, but that is different to you have a capacity of 20,000, and that's assuming Ticketmaster have actually released all the tickets because the fact that platinum tickets keep turning up suggests they haven't. But let's assume yeah. all the tickets are on sale, and in a Madison Square Garden situation, you've got 20,000 tickets, and you've got quarter of a million people coming in at the same time trying to buy them. And then we're going to apply supply and demand and surge pricing. What is going to happen? Yeah. You know, there, there aren't there, there aren't that many people trying to get that Uber cab. <laughs> no, well, it's more, it, it, but it's not that many, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the I I told the story, but I had I don't use Uber very often. And so I I was actually at a there is a Bruce tie. I went to see Bruce open the tour in Pittsburgh. I had flown in, gotten a little hotel room, called Uber you know, used the app, got, took me down to the arena and I, God, this was so easy. And then after the show, you know, I try and there's no rides available and they were, you know, 10 times because everyone's wanting to leave at the same time. And that was my first experience of like, oh, wow, this doesn't, I don't like this. I don't understand. I'm going to, I, I've talked about this before. There is, and I don't know if they're showing it over there, but in U.S., there's, you know, don't become your parents, right? Progressive insurance. And there is the scene where the guy walks in and he he goes in front of the concession stand. He goes, and drinks and and snacks are going to be uh, more expensive than they should be. Let's just move on. I get the, yes, tickets are more expensive than we wish they were. Let's move on. However, it is the, I don't think it's fair or right that when I walk into 
there because it happened to me a couple times too. I've put them in my cart and they said, uh, wait a minute. No, they aren't available anymore. Like, okay, then why did you let two or three people select them? Correct. Right. And that's a system change. That's, that's not an accident. That is deliberate. Anyway, continue on. What what else you you were you were you well, were on a roll. you know, I, 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 I think just to dig in, you know, yeah. your question of what can Bruce do. Um, Bruce got credit in 1984-85 when the two biggest acts in the world were Bruce Springsteen and Michael Jackson, and Bruce was touring at half the price of Michael Jackson. Right. Okay. You watch Springsteen and I, and people will tell stories, heart wrenching, moving stories about. Bruce staff coming up and giving them front row tickets when they were up in the gods. Yeah. All right. So quite rightly, in my view, he has had credit throughout his career for caring about his audience, you know, particularly I have to say in Europe, because the pit thing, you know, you watch yeah. gigs, he'll, he'll, he'll pick people out of you. You were in Munich the other night and, you know, mm-hmm. and, the fact that that has now changed, I, for one, can't subscribe to, ah, oh, well, Bruce doesn't know anything about it. You know, if, if, if he's got credit for 50 years for all the good things, yeah. <laughs> when it goes bad, you can't then go, oh, now, do right. I think, do I, do I think he, it says he's more distant? Can I imagine, you know, I think the Landau statement that says, hey, our peers are all doing this. Well, I I've seen the stones and stuff and I wasn't, you know, I I've, I've never, I've bought a lot of tickets. One of the reasons I get verified fan, because of course it's not verified fan. It's verified Ticketmaster customer. Thank is you. That which I, that is another <laughs> thing. If I had the magic power, I would change that because it. Absolutely. Everyone gets, they're so furious. And I'm like, no, this, this doesn't mean that you're a true fan. It means verified person right correct yeah um so um you know i i have to believe yeah. that he is certainly aware of the situation i think i, I can imagine a come you know ironically i watched the elvis movie last night now i'm not for a second suggesting john landau has suddenly turned into colonel tom parker okay but it was, so it was i just will a- tell you micah pell made that argument in his book Ah, well, that's interesting. There is interesting yes, because in his book, he said he specifically said John Landau was similar to Colonel Parker, which I wow. thought was interesting at the time. Okay, well, I'll, and I haven't read Mike's book, so I should do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can imagine the conversation that says, "Hey, Taylor's been doing this. The Stones do it." You know, but first of all, it's been incredibly mismanaged and there's a difference between doing dynamic pricing on a 20,000 arena and a 90,000 stadium gig in Dublin, you know? Yeah. Um, I have to believe that they've mismanaged. I mean, Landau's statement was petrol on a fire. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I am pretty sure that in a few years time in media studies, you know, how not to do PR, it will be a case study on how not just not to do it. And therefore, they're now in the say nothing. I have to, here's the only thought I've had, Jesse, and I will presage this with. I can't actually remember what the example was a couple of years ago, but uh, and, and it was a it was a positive thing. But I said to Laura, "Do you know what Bruce and and 
John Lando should have done. And and she looked at me and she said, my, my, Terry, she said, just think how successful Bruce would have been if he'd have had you as his manager instead of that idiot Lando. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'm not claiming superpowers, but uh, if I was them, because the, it's too late to go back. Right. I don't think they can unravel this. There was the example of Crowded House who, you know, said we didn't know this was going on, give people their money back. Um, but I just think that's just, it's too late and it's too far and it's too complicated. Right. I don't think he can go, I'm going to give a million dollars from each gig to charity. Cause frankly, my reaction will be, so you take my money and then you decide what you want to give it to. Right. Um, what I think he could do, because the main issue is in the U S or what's happening yeah. in the U S is for the stadium tours is to do what I suggested that says there's three prices, there's front, middle and back. And it's like, 125, 175 books, and that's it. Yeah. And make some big gesture on the stadium tour. Now, um, the counter argument is then the scalpers make all the money and Bruce doesn't. Well, okay. And that's a valid argument. But here's the interesting thing for me. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know this when this all started. So it just shows that every bad situation is a learning experience. And mm-hmm. um, go online and try and find a scalp ticket for Dublin. Yeah. There aren't any. Ah. Uh, now, I haven't got to bottom of this, but it seems that the Irish government have outlawed <laughs> secondary market. What I can tell you, because I bought tickets for Ferrara, is um, in Italy, if you you go on to, um, what was it, the t- Italia, so the, but the ticket agency was an Italian ticket agency, you can resell your ticket, but only at this price. Mm. And if you then post it on via GoGo, it comes up with a message that says your post will not be visible in Italy. Wow. So you can legislate on the secondary market because here's the other thing that we haven't talked about in terms of Ticketmaster and what's going on. And you know the thing, Landau's statement that said uh, ticket, the average ticket has been sold at $262. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the question. Who to? Because if you think about it, on Ticketmaster, you go on, you buy your ticket, and then you can instantly resell. Yeah. Okay. What do we know that ticket touts are good at? Getting tickets before anybody else. Right. So I am floating this. I, if anybody's listening going, you haven't got data in that to support this. No, I haven't. This is just conjecture on my yeah. part, but I think there might be an element of truth. How many of those tickets sold at $262? were sold to touts who immediately resell them at 750 to 1,000. Yeah. Therefore, the price that the actual fan is receiving is a lot higher. In terms of um, your point of if you went out with 7,500, you know, the touts. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, I personally think it needs a gesture at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's the only gesture I can think of. Um, yeah, I, I think at this point, um, and I've said this multiple times, the only thing that would have made everyone happy is if everyone got in the shows they want in the section they want at the price they wanted to pay. That is the only dream scenario. I think a lot of people have very unrealistic expectations. I think that there are people who at times have forgotten logic 
and you know Bruce just got a half a billion dollars he should be doing this show for free they have forgotten the little man I, I have said several times that you can sing about wanting social justice and wanting to make sure everyone has the right to vote and marry and to have a decent wage and still be a capitalist and your, you know, pricing on your shows. Um, this there's is a there is a difference between sorry to there's a difference between capitalism and greed, Jesse. Yeah, and, and this and is greed. See, I, I just I don't I don't I I guess I find the greed um, the Ticketmaster, and I absolutely agree that Bruce is probably you know this is nothing happens that he isn't aware. Um, but I just don't think they care. I, I, I think they don't decided, think who cares. I, I don't think that I think they are trying to do what they think is best in today's marketplace to um, to get them the uh, a fair value on the show and their money and at the same time get out and tour. And then all this other stuff comes through. And it just makes a lot of people unhappy. Uh, and yeah, but, I understand. Uh, you know, I mean, here's my, here's my pushback. And yeah. I remember this is a work analogy. We were going through a reorganization yeah. and it had been really difficult. Yeah. And somebody says, somebody said, do you know how, how it feels to people? It feels like we took all of the personnel files and we threw them from the bottom of the stairs to the top and wherever they landed, that's what happened to people. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody in the room, I always uh, this stuck with me. That said, "Nah, that can't be true." And they said, "What do you mean?" He said, "If we'd have done that, fifty percent of the people would have been happy. The problem we've got is eighty percent of the people are pissed off." And so I hear you on unreasonable expectations, but I don't think that's what we're dealing with here. I think this is complete. Two things for me: it's completely misreading the mood of the times which is something that bruce has always been great at yeah and it's certainly for me you know a man who said i'm having a lifelong conversation with his audience has just changed the conversation fundamentally you know i am gonna sit i'm gonna struggle i said about we take care of our own you know there's winners and losers don't get caught on the wrong side of that line well a lot of people think they got caught on the wrong side of the line because the deck was stacked in this sale mm-hmm. you know you don't need a ticket just get on board that one's gonna stick wow you know and then you look at sing it hard sing it well send the robber baron straight to hell the greedy thieves who came around this is greed and i don't for a second believe that if a ticket is sold on ticketmaster for two thousand dollars Bruce gets the same return as he does if it's sold for 200. Because if he does, Landau wants sacking. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I absolutely do think he gets uh, more money. And, yeah, really. um, and if, if money's the issue, then simply you said, what should they have done? Don't do arena tours. Just do stadiums, because guess what? You make four times the amount of money because there's four times the amount of people. Yeah, you know that's the. If it was simply a, this is the last tour and we're all going to cash in, just do stadiums. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> but if you are, if we say that um, he is, this is a last grab for cash 
to yep. to help is this setting up the retirement fund for the members of the e street band um you know then of course you're going to try to do this as much as you can um wherever you can and that's fine but yeah. at least be transparent that's what you're doing yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I hear you, and, and because the problem the problem is you're then going to come out and portray an image and sing songs with a message that are contrary to what you've done. So I feel a little bit like um, our our mutual guest uh, Shun Lee, right? Yes, where she talked about um, she's up screaming and and clapping till Born in the USA comes in. And then she sits for that song. <laughs> so I wonder if that's what will happen is that there will be certain people like during that song. Oh, Wrecking Ball. Yeah. Kind of sit, do that one. Yeah. You know? and, that, and, that, and, and that just for me now, I'm hoping, by the way, Jesse, yeah. everything yeah. I'm saying is complete nonsense and it doesn't feel like that next year. Yeah. I, I hope that, so. that would that would that would significantly. Yeah. Reduce the experience for me. And, you know, I mentioned um, you know, I did actually get offered by my friend who got the, you know, I've got two spare tickets for Seattle. You're not coming. I'd have got on a plane in 2016 and done that. I know it was living, but you know, uh, I've never sold tickets to a Springsteen gig before I've sold, uh, I've sold Gothenburg and I've sold Ferrara because we're not going, um, you know, the four we're going to were treating as holidays that by the way, at some point we go to see a gig or something. That's yeah. not the experience I've had for 40 years. Um, and, that, and that's been caused by, and by the way, and I don't mean this arrogantly, um, you know, I can afford to pay the money. Yeah. A lot of people can't. So this isn't, I'm not paying that for anyone. Yeah. It's simply a case of this whole process is not transparent. You know, I go back to, I'll go back to, um, you know, uh, Broadway. Those yeah. ticket prices were high. I had no issue at all because one, they were they were high, but it was a unique experience. It's a small theater. They had tickets coming on each day. There were donations, and he did a Netflix special. Now, was the Netflix special the same as being in the room? No, but it was pretty bloody close. Yeah, it was. and it meant that everybody could get to see what he was doing. So, yeah, I have yeah. no issue. You know, I actually, you said, what should they have done? However much money has come in, I think if they'd have just divided, if they'd have turned around and said we're, we're selling, we're selling, you know, floor tickets for four hundred dollars, I'd have preferred that to the process we'd have had. Yeah, because then at least you knew what you were dealing with. Well, Terry, you have not changed my mind about being <laughs> angry at Bruce. Well, I, and I'm not angry at Bruce. I'm disappointed and hurt. Okay. See, I'm, I'm disappointed I, in that. And then there are a lot of people who are angry, but you have made me understand why you are disappointed and hurt. Yeah. And that's, but, and, yeah, which I, I, I was hoping on. I will take just a little bit of time. I am, I think it's a little callous that people are upset that I'm not mad. I agree. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, there have been a few people on social media that 
have just said, you know, just really, I don't understand why you're not incensed. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know why I'm not either, but I'm not. I, I just, I get it. I understand all of that. But I, the, the, when I start weighing the pros and cons, the pros outweigh the cons to me only, right? And so yeah. I, I don't hold back anyone's chance for anger. I do think it's a little bit like when uh, Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys and fired Tom Landry way back in 1989. People, I will never watch the Cowboys again. The oh, Cowboys yeah. today are the most valuable franchise in the world, right? It is uh, baseball had a strike. I will never watch baseball again. People go back. I think there is a little bit of emotional. And I think you are very, you're going, I'm going. I do think it is very sad that this isn't a episode where, okay, I'm going to give what I think are going to be the top first five songs. You give your price songs. You I'm going to give you my five. I think I think this is going to be his encore. You give me your encore because of this other noise that's going on. Yeah. And I mean, just to go back um, on you and I disagreeing, I mean, the thing the reason I said that was when you when you uh, and I understand why you posted it saying, why are people annoyed at Bruce making money. And I'm like, that's not my issue at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I always, my favorite moment, and I think I said it, the response, you know, and somebody, you know, we, we, the man wrote rich man in a poor man's shirt 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite moment on Hyde Park DVD, not my favorite moment, but Hyde yeah. Park DVD. And, you know, I treasure that because I was lucky enough to be there. I was with my brother, but there's the brilliant moment where he gets to the top of the stairs and he falls over. And we're watching it for like the sixth time. And Laura goes, hmm, nice Gucci working men's boots he's wearing. <laughs> you know, and we, yes. we've all known that for years. It's like the man's yeah. worth and good bloody look to him. You know, it's yes. not about the money. It is about that conversation. It is about the experience. And, you know, if I look at your story or your, your position, and I do not mean this despite, you know, you said, I just want to be in the building. Yeah. All right. And your ticket buying experience sounds like it was a lot better than a lot, a lot of people, certainly everybody else I know. And I don't mean that is, and I don't believe you. No, no, I'm it re- is. I'm really, I'm really glad that you managed to get in, get tickets at less than the average price, you know, yeah. fantastic. But yeah. that's not been the experience of a lot of people. Yeah. And I do think, and, and I do wonder, and we don't know, you don't know, is mine the minority? Because it sounds like it is right based on everything we've gotten or is it the middle range we just don't know uh terry as always i love visiting with you i could talk to you for another two hours uh i'm only sad you're not coming to dallas to see a Me show too. yeah i i just appreciate you so much uh if someone wants to reach you tell them how and also give a quick plug to uh music talks Okay, so podcast is Music Talks. Guests choose a song from each decade they've lived in and tell me why those songs are important. Uh, you can get me at musictalks at outlook.com or on Twitter, just at uh, Music Talks Pod. My current guest is a Randy Brown, who is on Set Listening Bruce. 
And uh, I think it's the first time it's happened. My next guest is Jeff Smith, who's also been on set Busting Bruce and is a British MP. Uh, so I love the fact that I have to get a British MP referred from my mate in Texas to get onto my podcast. I just I, my- it, <laughs> uh, it truly was. I One of the highlights of that was having that someone who is a member of British Parliament joined me on the show, and I'm so glad he's going to join you. Terry, my brother, thank you. Take care. Sooner or later, we're going to meet in person, and we're going to hug. We, and you we never know. I may still get on a plane to it Dallas. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Thank you take you, care. Thank, thank you, folks. You Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.